I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in wonder. I am McLovin. You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Glacé Film Club podcast. Yes, here we are once again to dive into a film, unpack it and give you our thoughts, opinions and worldly views. And when I say we, of course, it's not just me sat here ranting to a microphone as much as I like it to be. It's my good friend, film connoisseur and a man who knows all the things that happened in the past. It's Callum, how are you doing today? I'm very well, how are you? Yeah, good. Good, like we're running up to Christmas now, aren't we? We've got to get that mentioned in there now that we're in December. I've got my tree up now. I'm ready. Bought some presents, listened to some Christmas songs. I'm not someone to overdo it, you know that, but I like to phase it in and get myself into that homely Christmas feel, which to me, Christmas is the pub in the film The Holiday. That's what I picture Christmas to be. That is a lovely pub, isn't it? Yeah, that's when I see yeah. that. That's I think that's what I love about Christmas is that the cold nights, but the warm pub, that orange glow, the wooden walls, the pints, the people, the music, everything about it. And I think that even though that's an unbelievably romanticized version, and I, that is my romanticized Christmas. I I love that film just for that scene. It it wins a lot of points for me for that scene. If they don't go to the pub in that film, it's a much inferior production i mean the pub is a romantic place it is absolutely and the most democratic of places the most democratic place on earth yeah the most most romantic and democratic well some some believe that democracy is romantic i was literally just going to say (laughs) the same thing (laughs) there is a certain romance to it yeah absolutely I'm actually looking forward to Christmas this year. I mean, I sound like a Scrooge. I look forward to Christmas every year, but I'm especially looking forward to Christmas this year. I don't know why, actually. Just, um, again, yeah, maybe the pubs, the Christmas lights. Embrace the joy, kind of embrace it. The opportunity to watch Die Hard again. Yeah. You know, like any... any, uh, There's there's certain movies that I only watch once a year as well, Mm -hmm. and it just makes them... Just a little bit more special, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go and try and watch It's a Wonderful Life at the cinema this year. I really yeah. want to go and watch it in the cinema. First yeah. time I watched it was in the cinema. Amazing, and I've not done it since. But I've started formulating my list of films to watch at Christmas this year. Not specifically Christmas films, because I think they'll just organically happen, but films that I've had on my list for a while, because I think Christmas is a good opportunity just to bed into some films. So now if I think of something that... I've wanted to watch for a while. It pops on there. And then those moments where you're like, yeah, I could watch a film now. Go to, maybe it's a different shelf that I'm building, the Christmas shelf. So those, pick, pick them off and then pop them on over Christmas. <laughs> Christmas shelf, yeah. I'm trying to think what's what would actually be on my Christmas shelf, to be fair. I mean, obviously the Lord of the Rings extended editions would be there. It's a Wonderful Life as well. Yeah. Die good. Hard. A couple of Bonds always make their way out yeah, as well. yeah. Like that's that's over sort of Christmas Day, Boxing Day, you know, a couple of couple of Bond movies always seems to sort of make their way either through a DVD or they're usually just played in the afternoon, like a Sean Connery. Yeah, you just number. kind of like you've woken up from a nap. And yeah, you're like forty five minutes into die another day or something like that. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 45 minutes into dying another day. Yeah, chocolate like, wrappers just brushed yeah. off your booze, self can, and your booze like, cans everywhere. Yeah, all right, do that. Crack another one open and enjoy the <laughs> ride. Well, usually, usually I because I'm only because I'm only 29. I usually get some Lego. Um, <laughs> um, that's usually a a nice little Christmas gift sometimes. Yes. Um, it's obscenely expensive though. Yeah. Well, popular product, Callum. It's unbelievable. Popular. They're, 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 I mean, they're absolutely appealing to my sort of inner adolescence in the sense that they are, they're in a whole marketing team now have introduced something called the Adults Welcome okay. series where they, where they charge they, they charge hundreds of pounds for these massive Lego um, sets. Yeah, well, um, I was going to say, don't feel too down about being 29 and um, getting Lego. As for my brother's 40th birthday, my mum got him a huge Lego set. So you've got many a year to keep enjoying it. They are fun. They are really fun. I There's just something quite nice about building a Lego set on a on the table with the tree up and, you know, the the a bottle of wine, a bottle of yeah, bottle of red, bottle of white, you know, perhaps a bottle of rosé instead. Yeah, that's 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 a good song. Yeah, that's a beautiful song. That's my cooking Italian food song. Just whack that on; it really gets me in the mood. The smell of garlic, the tipple of the wine. Pouring well, you you, you have famously said. I mean, I, I've I've even used this line multiple times. Um, the uh, the you start frying some onions and frying some garlic, and people suddenly think you can cook. Yeah, um, yeah. Cause, my cause my dad first nice. said that to me quite a few years ago uh, as a little yeah. tip, just to immediately show off cooking prowess, and that's the one. Absolutely, you can't go wrong if you walk into a kitchen and smell that. You, people think there's something good coming, and often there is. Not with my cooking, there isn't. <laughs> At least you know you I get mean, fried a, onions and garlic out of it. Just on on toast. Like. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's um, the end of it. It stops there. It stops yeah. there. Well, that's another cooking. I'm sure we'll give some more Christmas check-ins over the festive period, Callum. But we've yeah. got another new film to dive into. We said in the last episode, there's a lot of big films coming out. At the moment, going into December and January, of course there are as we're going into Oscar season. And we aim to dive into those and make sure we give our review. Here is a big one, Callum. It's been teased for quite a few months. Big director, big actors, big subjects. But could you, before I go further into it, give us a little synopsis and tell us what we're going to be reviewing today, please? So we watched the Ridley Scott um, movie, Napoleon. Um, been quite hyped actually. Uh, like Ridley Scott actually announced that he was that was his next project after he'd done um his last film, Last Duel, um about three years ago. Um, so it's it's been quite hyped for a while really. Um, I mean it's a, essentially it's a biopic really focusing on Napoleon's. I suppose rise to power in the aftermath of the of the uh, you know the French Revolution. So it kind of starts in ninety three, seventeen ninety three, with Marie Antoinette being executed, um, and then sort of tracks his ascension in the sort of the context of the the reign of terror and um, focuses largely on his sort of military career because he kind of emerges as like a he's like a Corsican uh, general commander and he sort of emerges out of He's quite a decorated um, military commander, and he's kind of sort of muscles his way into basically forming a a new government 
with a small G, I suppose, for France in the aftermath of the revolution. Um, but the film itself isn't, it's not really about, it's not about the revolution at all, really. It's more about sort of his life and the sort of the construction of, of power and how power is manifested in um, his relationship with Josephine, but also in his um, pursuit of military glory and his sort of obsession with establishing a, a male heir. Um, like, I mean, he's crowned emperor in 1804 and that's kind of like um sort of the the moment where france is moved from sort of a, a, a desire to establish some form of constitutional monarchy in the aftermath of revolution but then obviously that hasn't worked the king's been executed uh the queen's been executed along with several hundreds of thousands of members of the aristocracy and he kind of emerges as this sort of like sort of person of the people in some respects um even though he absolutely i suppose isn't given his given his uh his, his privilege really but it ends with him being exiled on um saint helena um one of his his second exile actually his his first exile is on is on elba but um not, yeah not bad going when you get exiled twice in your life isn't it no, indeed, yeah, absolutely. If you're exiled twice, you've obviously done a, you've obviously done something wrong. You've really kicked off, haven't you? Um, yeah, absolutely. But I think it's, I, I mean, it's a biopic about a man's life, but it, it, it focuses on sort of the power and the state and how that manifests. It focuses on, I suppose, masculinity, particularly 18th century masculinity, and how that's how that's sort of uh, played out within establishing heirs to a dynasty that you're kind of artificially creating i suppose um it's an interesting film in the sense that um of how napoleon is depicted because napoleon's famous for having you know being quite a sort of uh divisive character um there are lots of adjectives to sort of levied to napoleon to describe his character and i think joaquin phoenix does capture um an interesting version of napoleon um, I think, um, so yeah. I mean, that's 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 Napoleon, really. It's it's a biopic focusing on a probably a, a very famous military commander from uh, our not so recent past. Thank you very much, Callum, and thank you as our resident history expert of giving a little bit of background context <laughs> to that. Much appreciated. Shows that we do have a little bit of extra insight on this podcast. My perspective, it bored me a little bit. And I'm not just going to go straight in for the slag off because I don't think it was a terrible film at all, but it just bored me a little bit watching it. And as we go back to the two pillars of what makes a great film from my perspective, and one of them is, of course, the viewing experience. Are you captivated mm. when you watched it? Was I captivated when I was watching it? Not really. Yes, there are a lot of positives. Absolutely, there are, like you said. The depiction of Napoleon himself and the characters around him, I thought it was great because, especially like a 90s version of this, you go in and it's this like, you know, grand general showing them in this grand way and it'll be about power and the epic and stuff like that. But what I like, the the sort of little, not twist on it, but the alternative approach is it showed him as a, a quirky insecure strange individual in many ways and it showed a bit more of just the raw personal life and it was very much an exploration of his personality and his identity and then trying to match that onto how his much grander actions in terms of going 
um, expanding his reach across the world were linked to that. Great, I enjoyed that. I absolutely enjoyed those elements, and I like how it dug into that and his relationship with Josephine. There was intrigue there. There was interest. But as a whole, the film, I just think it lacked wider interest, and it just didn't feel very captivating. For something that's meant to be a huge biopic about a massive historical figure and has got a lot of battle scenes in it, epic battles. The battle fit scenes just felt a bit flat. They felt very repetitive to go through. And I'm not saying that I need high drama or action in these things. That's not something that I think a film has to have. But if you're going to have something that's got such set-piece battle scenes in it, they all then just felt a little bit... I'm going to take a word from you, kind of formulaic, in the way that... Mm. I didn't feel the spark from them. If you're going to have so much detail of setting out these huge battle scenes, I think the trailer leads you on a bit to think that this film's going to have some huge epic battles where there's going to be drama playing out in it. And at no point did I feel any real jeopardy in the battles or any extra, um, anything extra to draw me into it. And I think if a film's going to go so hard on showing battle scenes, you've got to actually have something within them that draws you into it rather than it just being a historical box check. Because if it's just a plot point, then you don't need to show as much of the battle. And I think that approach was just felt throughout the film. Yes, I was intrigued by his personality and I liked the exploration of his identity, how the wider context of France at the time and his influence and that how that all played out, but squarely linking back to his personal identity. That's the whole point of it. It was a biopic. Yes, that works. But as a film as a whole, where it was such a grand ambition of what it was showing, I just felt it just a little bit dull in the way the plot went on. And, and of course, there's only so much you can do when it's based on history. Let's Let's go loosely based to please the people who might kick off about that but something that is based in history obviously got to follow the history but it just felt like it did all the stuff it wanted to to show it all off and things like that and yes it was concentrating on the man himself but I never felt any kind of extra added intrigue for the plot the plot didn't throw me in directions or didn't then leave me afterwards really intrigued or changed by what I watched I just thought that was quite interesting to get a bit of an insight into this depiction of this historical figure and this bit of depiction into historical events but did it give me much to think about afterwards not really did I really enjoy watching it no so for that it just fell flat it felt flat even though I was hoping for a lot from it what about you Callum I know obviously I've gone quite big on it there what's what were you th- feeling um i thought the performances were really good um i thought joaquin phoenix his his sort of conceptualization of napoleon was pretty good i mean that's virtue of the fact that he's a great actor i thought vanessa kirby as josephine was really good i thought like her performance was, was stunning um rupert everett as napoleon was uh, not as napoleon sorry as wellington was also good um, I thought the performances were great, but again, yeah, I was just, I, it did feel, I can't really put my finger on it, but it's just, apart from the fact, I just felt the pacing was just a little bit off. Um, it was just quite formulaic in sort of how it, how it moved through it. It, it, for me, it just didn't really flow. I wasn't excited by it. There was element, yeah. there was elements, yeah. there was elements within the film where the script was quite witty, um, like references to his height and reference to 
him being annoyed about the British. It's like, oh, you all think you're so good because you have boats. I thought that was quite funny. Yeah, there um, are like funny quips. And I think that plays into his, the quirky perception of his character and his yeah. identity. I liked that spin on it. I absolutely agree with that, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the actual sort of depict this particular depiction of Napoleon. He's 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 depicted as being sort of like a pathetic sort of adolescent mm-hmm. in some mm-hmm. respects. He's like, you know, he's this small man that's very insecure, um, very sort of like determined. But then on the other hand, he's also a a sort of a, a, um, a reflective military commander as well. Um, but there's so many. Like thing, there's so many analyses and interpretations of Napoleon that I feel like any film that's made about him can go off in any direction. Um, his letters to Josephine were a lot more um, filthier and raunchy than what the film tended to imply. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I feel like it would have been it made it a little bit more interesting if they'd steered into that a little bit more. Um, you know, just for sort of just to kind of get a bit more sort of excitement around around that relationship. Um, I mean, I, I find all the sort of endless historical debates online or sort of about about it quite tedious in the sense that oh he never fired cannon on the pyramids and all that stuff. I I find it I find it very very very, very tedious. It's just like you know the Egyptian campaign was sort of like devastated by plague. Well, he never sh- that wasn't shown in the film. It's like I don't really care. That's not what the purpose of the film is. The purpose of the film is to sort of depict uh, a piece of art I suppose it's an interpretation like any piece of history it is an interpretation um, so I quite like the fact that Scott did play around with with sort of um, historical facts um, I was a bit cautious at first about the movie just given the fact that Scott's at the helm like given his sort of like previous comments after the last duel um I was a bit sort of apprehensive about this particular movie, um, particularly because you're meant to feel sorry for Napoleon quite a lot as well. After when Josephine cheats on him, despite the fact he had several mistresses himself, and that's not really sort of addressed. And even even when it is, it's it's made out to be acceptable because well, Josephine's cheated on him, and he needs to establish an heir. It almost sort of like legitimizes his. Um, you know his infidelity, which of course at the time would have would have been accepted. It would have been accepted. Um, so I suppose there is a, a sense of you know historical context there, but I just think um, there could have been just a little bit more played around with the with those gender dynamics. I think maybe um, the battle scenes I thought were interesting. Um, they didn't necessarily they weren't they were they were didn't they weren't dripping with the sort of the the epic that you'd expect from a Ridley Scott film. But then at the same time, I do wonder whether he ever envisioned to make them epic. You know, I think I think people sort of thought it was going to be epic and they were disappointed that it wasn't, even though perhaps it was that was never the film's intention. But I think the trailer um, leads you on to make you feel that they are going to be that. Yeah, yeah, potentially, actually. Yeah, that's a good point. Um I'm kind of I don't know if I'm glad that it didn't it didn't steer into overly laboured battle scenes because um, for me I quite liked the character analysis of Napoleon I quite liked the you know l- like investigating how Joaquin Phoenix or trying to understand and make sense of how Joaquin Phoenix was going to conceptualise this 
quite famous figure from history. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was okay, but I I, I was I was just a bit disappointed with it. Because particularly because I teach this as well at A level, I just thought it was just a bit. I was like, I was expecting something just a lot more interesting and a lot a lot more really beyond the character performances. I can't I don't I don't see really see any um anything to write home about. I certainly wouldn't be in a rush to watch it again. I don't it's think I will shelf. watch it again. It's not on the shelf. I don't th- it's not on the shelf. I don't think I will watch it again unless someone unless I, unless somebody I was with wanted to watch it again. But I just um yeah, I was just disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I get that. And just going back to what you were saying about the positives of the character exploration. And I get it. I get it. It's a biopic. It's about a person. It's meant to explore their life and their identity. And I did find that intriguing. And as you said, he comes across in it as a bit pathetic, adolescent. And like at times like you, you are put against him, even though I know you said that you kind of trying to give sympathy for him at some points and you know judge that as you will but i did at times think of him like who is this guy you know he's a bit bit annoying yeah uh, very self-centered but i the film was then linking that and this is the one thing that i probably left with that was the most impressionable bit on the audience from my perspective is that okay look at all these individual quirks of this man this individual with all these complexities his hang-ups about having a child, his hang-ups about his wife, his hang-ups about being great and glorious, but how that then played out on a world scale. And the emphasize at the end where show how many people died in each uh, campaign. And what was it, about 3 million people died in total of him on these different battles and campaigns and things like that. The point, I think, from there is being, look at how the identity and whims of one person can go and impact the whole world. And whether that be from leading people on to follow you or whether that just be the dynamics of an individual. I get that link and I li- like how a biopic zones in on the very small things and links it to the, the grand. And yes, the performance matches that. You're watching a very intriguing character in terms of how Joaquin Phoenix is portraying Napoleon. But, and it's a big but, is that I think that focus on really trying to give a certain interpretation of Napoleon and give the performance and hone in every element on this individual and his complexities was a big sacrifice for actual plot and intrigue and depth for the rest of the film because like when they're going on these campaigns abroad and they go to Russia it just kind of suddenly happens with like out any reason for it linking there and I know it's a historical fact that these things happen and you just they're setting the scene for you to put the individual in there and see how that played out but in the flow of a film I just felt like you you just rattle through all these historical events and it just felt a bit tiresome at points it was like oh now here's Napoleon in this historical event in this historical event in this one which is fine but in the context of the film nothing really just seemed to link and give me something to hold on to so in the sense of looking at it as like oh i want to see this interpretation of a historical figure in historical events i knew that happened great interesting but as a piece that all links together to sit down and watch and be interested by the whole story of it i didn't feel it was there i didn't grab onto that and that frustrated me i uh i i, I you know what i agree with you because i think it was trying to 
I think it was trying to tell the whole story. Like, it was trying to fit everything in. And I think it was like, what you what you just said there has just sort of got me thinking about sort of the, I guess, the, 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 the journey that the film was trying to take in the sense that it's trying to do too much, I think. It's trying to sort of focus on Napoleon's relationship with, with Josephine and focus on that. But then it's also trying to show all these battles and all these him as a military commander. And I think because Napoleon's character is so sort of diverse in some respects, um, I think it would have been better for... You, you could make two films out of that film. You know, you could do... You could you Napoleon the military commander and strategist and Napoleon the... The, the man who's you. obsessed with Josephine. Because when um, it just just to link that round then, because I think the overriding theme that pulls it all together is identity. Is yeah, that yeah. It's yeah. obviously absolutely about his individual de- identity and that of those around him, but the identity of the nation and of France and everything that comes with that. And obviously that's really zeroed in and at the beginning where they showed the guillotine and then we've got the kind of back and forth between the, the conflicting outlooks on what France should be. And it all comes back down to him saying how much he'd do for France. And when he signs that document saying that he'll be exiled, he's like, oh, because he loves France so much. It's like, what is your vision of the nation and how does that link all with within it? But what you're saying there is that, yeah, it's kind of two separate things in terms of like the identity of him and how that links to the country, but then his military escapades. And yes, intertwine those together, but because it tries to do them both on such a huge level of showing the military man and the individual, like there is absolutely a film, and I can think of films that do it, where they just kind of forget all the big events and just hone in on the, that person. This tries to do both, and it just then, I think, sacrificed plot for it. Yeah. I mean, on that as well, that sort of it is about sort of like constructs of power, and the scene when him and uh, Wellington are sort of having their face off, and then they they meet to discuss. Um, it's classic Ridley Scott. It's like you know the face off of two great men, yeah. or like sort of like the how power is played out amongst these two um, big empires, basically. Um, it's a it's a it's a it's classic Ridley Scott. It's also sort of like a an armchair dad's sort of wet dream as well. Like you know what I mean? What like a, a quote. Like a, a history an armchair history dad's like oh yeah absolutely like um and for me I just again like I think there's something quite unique about Napoleon. He seems to be almost exclusively popular with with a certain demographic of person. Um. And I think Scott has sort of played into um, that uh, that legacy, that cultural reverence that um, people seem to have for the dude, you know. Um, to describe Napoleon as a dude, blimey. <laughs> here's yeah, certainly wasn't. <laughs> here's, here's one just a wider question on this. And yeah. this has been done for many a year, so ever since the dawn of film. But it just got me thinking about it again, like, and it, even though I've watched so many films that do it, and I said loads of films do it, and we could really dive into it, but this notion of, like, the accents were English and American much yeah. through it, and that's how films have done it so many times, but it does take me out of it a bit, like, as soon as you hear him, like, speaking, you're like, he's American, and then, like, yeah. you know, the French people around him have got English accents. It's... Um, 
I don't know where to sit with it because obviously this is how films been constructed and and many years, especially when it's made from uh, you know some Hollywood or whatever. But how did how does that sit with you in general? I know you can't have I mean, it at the time or all of the time, but it's just like just take me out of it a bit. I think two things really. I I mean any any sort of big movie now is is only going to be made in English. I mean English is, or like sort of yeah English with a particular type of accent is dominates sort of cinematic culture. It's why I always find going to see foreign movie films quite refreshing in some respects. It's why I quite love white life past lives because I think it adds it. I think culturally it adds something something else to the movie. I mean, culturally speaking, this movie is a product of, um, you know, uh, a big, you know, Western director with a big Western cast. Culturally speaking, it, I suppose it makes sense in inverted commas for this for type of this type of movie to be produced in the context in which it has been done. Um, but like, I feel, I feel that like it's in, it's an inescapable reality of of sort of popular culture in the west i think yeah and i'm um, by no means against it because there's much many great film and i get it like it's not as if it's suddenly just happened like this is how films are made and i get why they do, do it but just for some reason i felt it particularly jarring when it doesn't I was watching jar this. it doesn't jar for me as much as i as much as it seems to do for you i don't i don't particularly uh mind it all that much um Unless, un- unless I suppose, actually, you know what I was, I was, I was about to say then was, I've watched films where someone has put an accent on to establish a character and establish a sense of legitimacy. The only sort of movie I can really compare this to, in terms of historical um, sort of events, even even though it's very historically inaccurate, is um, is Braveheart when yeah. Mel Gibson. I thought Mel Gibson yeah, yeah. was Scottish. You know, mm-hmm. um, when I first watched that movie, um, and it adds it, it does add a sense of legitimacy to the story. I think. To, yeah, but then to... you've always got the flip, haven't you? Of like, oh, someone playing someone from a different culture. Like, where where do you draw the line in between? Well, exactly, exactly. That was going to be my second point as well. So I'm, like... I'm not putting it as if like I think there's a solution. I just wanted to put it out there because it's just a thought that came to mind. We've never really discussed it as yeah. it's, it's something that's happened in cinema ever since the dawn of cinema. But um, I don't know why. It's just as soon as I heard him speak because it just it just jarred me a little bit and well it's interesting because the french did you read what was what french newspapers and french no, no. Uh, commentators were saying about them they, they absolutely absolutely panned it they really disliked it um and i do wonder whether it would have had a different reception if if you know this movie was made in france but then again if it was made in france it would be a completely different movie yeah it would be yeah. completely different i mean I think because the whole hinge of the film is this guy's relationship, not only with Josephine, but also his relationship with France as a country. Um, I think it would have added a little bit more legitimacy if to, to have a, you know, representative accents, I suppose. However, saying that, um, I thought Joaquin's Phoenix performance was very good. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm by no means saying that I think it should have been the other way. It's just uh, I was intrigued to hear your thoughts on that in general. No, it's interesting to think about, isn't it? Because like we you know, we always sort of whenever we review movies or we watch movies that have been produced in the West, we just kind of expect to hear a particular type of yes, accent. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting point. Shall we go to wrap this up then? Can't yeah, we? let's do it. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to go back to my initial 
musings on this is that overall, yeah, like, I just found it a little bit boring. And <laughs> I don't think it's a terrible film at all. But it loses a lot of points for me because of that. Because there's a huge pillar. I want to be engaged by the film. And also, did it leave me a lot to consider afterwards? No. So it's not giving me extra there. Mm. Yes, I liked this element of it being a biopic and really giving a certain interpretation of Napoleon as an individual and then playing that out to the wider element of how that then impacted his whole uh, legacy, how it plays out in how one individual's small quirks can then impact such a huge amount of people in such a grand way. Yes, I enjoyed how it looked at France and and in again there was a bit of comedy in it is that it was all quite farcical the way that power changed hands and how they discussed where power lay and that is almost a bit of a thick of it way of looking at it and as small as Gellers is like oh and it daft how power actually is played out in these halls like we think of power and nations and empires as these big grand magical things but when it comes down to it historically it's a lot of old men in a room like saying things to each other and it being a bit daft and weird and that's like when you see this played out that's quite fascinating i enjoyed that but i just think the whole thing is is caught up in this individual identity of this one person fine you're allowed to it's a biopic but i just think the whole story narrative engaging element of the film falls away because of it yes we explore his personality but i don't think we necessarily see a development or a big change or or any kind of jeopardy leading to it. it's like yes we see more of this man unveil it himself and his relationship with josephine and then the quirks and pros and cons of how he then lives within that society or how he plays that situation out but for a full film i didn't get enough film for my film if you get me i got a nice insight Mm. into this character and how he's portrayed i just didn't feel like i had enough to grab onto to keep me interested uh entertained and thought provoked so to round it off it was a five out of ten for me what about you callum yeah that's fair yeah i am i agree um i'm gonna give it six out of ten um just because i'm I'm just a little bit more attached to the history, I suppose, mm-hmm. of it than 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 you might be. Um, just given, I suppose, I've have a stake in it in a very sort of loose sort of way. If that makes sense. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but like, I I quite like the performances. I thought it was entertaining in some respects, but I also was just a bit bored by it. Like there was a point where I was like. I was probably, I mean, it was probably the fact that I was just like grossly hungover when I watched it. So I was <laughs> for I nearly fell asleep at one point. Um, but uh, I just thought it was just a little bit formulaic and just a little bit sort of boring and stagnant in some places. Um, yeah. I, the performances were good. That's the main thing for me. The performance is well acted. Um, and I think they're working within a a sort of structure that that doesn't really allow them to sort of grow i think i don't know that would be my analysis my very sort of basic analysis there six out of ten napoleon well thank you very much callum and there we have it napoleon we dived in we jumped onto our horse of 
film and rolled it through this epic horse of film (laughs) at the end of it as we got through the battle it wasn't a great victory for for the film itself there's an analogy in there somewhere that's that's the that is why you're skirting around there aren't you (laughs) i think of some better ones for next time but brilliant but but we we dived in we gave it a good chance and unfortunately it's just fallen up short for us but as always we'd love to hear your thoughts and views on it share them on our Instagram account at the Glass 8 Film Club. Always welcome reviews on Apple and Spotify, so please put those on there if you enjoyed what you've been listening to. And, of course, we want to know what you want us to review as well. So many great films coming out. There's always so many we can get through, so if there's any suggestions or recommendations you've got there, please send those over to us. But that's that. Another review down, another great episode. If you want to listen to any more, we've got a huge back catalogue, of course, we have. Dive into those for more reviews and conversation episodes. We'll be back with plenty more reviews over the next month as we go towards Christmas. Big films coming out, so I'm sure we'll be in the cinema a lot, clearing through those. But until next time, that was another episode of the Glass A Film Club podcast. We'll see you all later.